Hello and welcome to the White Brick Podcast, where we discuss all things property management, lettings and compliance related, alongside wider issues affecting letting and estate agents. My name is Adam Lawrence and I'm here with Patrick Sullivan. Hello. We are portfolio landlords and letting agents. So today we're going to talk about a subject that's very pertinent at the moment, especially as agents struggle with revenue after the tenant fee ban, and it's specifically about let-onlys. So Patrick, would you like to say uh, some things about what you've done in your business to drive some more revenue from your let-only landlords? So what we've done, we've gone through the um, full audit process of being a let-only landlord and what can go wrong and and what does go wrong. We use our public profile on forums to highlight the issues of being non-compliant and issues where things have gone completely wrong for landlords using footage, videos, um, and news articles. If that's not enough, we then do a little bit of a rant as of the Sally Lawson work, which we're all well aware of. If that doesn't work, we give them a, um, a breakdown of the consequences of being a landlord in writing. And finally, we make them sign a... It's almost like an NDA, but it's a sort of... How do you talk about them? A disclaimer, disclaimer probably, really, it's fair suppose, to say, isn't it? So, so full disclaimer on they accept every liability. Then we list, we're not stupid, we don't list 170 articles, that's ridiculous. We list the 10 top you know, articles that they accept. And number one is ICO. So ICO, in my opinion, is a, is a PPI that no one's, no one's aware of yet. Trust me, it's going to happen. We're seeing it in Coventry, we're seeing contracts getting done. I've heard of contracts getting done and the agency getting done where they've left the mobile number on the dashboard, the van of the person, person walked past the number, made a phone call, three, three grand gone. We've seen contractors reverse into trees and um, had to do some work on the, on the garden. The building company did the work free of charge. Obviously, it was their fault. Um, then the owner of the house said to the contractor, who are you? Where did you get my number from? I don't know where I live. Turns out they didn't have a proper ICO registration or, or any kind of paperwork at all to support themselves. So, yeah, it's the next PPI. My well, it's the next range of PPIs. So it's important to uh, we get very quickly into jargon in this, don't we? So ICO, Information Commissioner's Office. Um, obviously, what's relevant here, and some of the stuff you've touched on there, GDPR, General Data Protection Regulations. Um, this stuff is the, as you say, potentially next next PPI scandal, but stuff that people agents aren't necessarily on top of. And it all forms part of the wider net of compliance that can cause you a problem in a similar way that anti-money laundering checks can do. Yes, 100%. And it's very, very easy for trading standards or other statutory bodies, the information commissioner, to check, for example, your website, to read your policies. Um, so you need to make sure all those are in and up to date. Um, there are a number of other ways they could try and catch you out on this Facebook. front. Facebook. You know, I regularly see on Facebook posts by people showing people's addresses or they'll do it, they'll do an advert for for a property with a full address on, on, on the advert. Or they'll do a picture at their desk, you know, some flowers they receive saying thank you for being a great agent. P.S. Here's the address of a debtor for a mortgage company on on the same on the same bit of um, desk. So and that's in public domain forever. People think, well, well, don't worry, I'll just delete it. Well, guess what? Screenshot. You know, I, I mean, I screenshot a lot of stuff because people do remove things that are liable, but we screenshot a lot of stuff to record it for posterity and future use. That's absolutely true. And, you know, as I understand it, people like HMRC, other statutory bodies have also got powers to see. Think, you know, once it's been posted on the internet, it has left an impression. You know, there's been websites for many years that allow you to call back 
pages from years and years and years ago to see what websites said at the time. You know, so just it's the same way as changing your terms and conditions today. If they've been out of date, if you've been trading, you know, effectively illegally for the last six nine months, then in that you know they can still catch you out by using them. I remember the Wayback Machine from um, early days of the internet, which would store web pages for people to look back on. And Facebook have got all the similar sort of technology. And obviously these statutory bodies can take it, you know, have more powers, different access, work with the tech companies to call this stuff out. And I, I can't believe how much of that stuff I do see on Facebook, as you say, pretty much on a daily basis, really, on the agency forums. I mean, I'm, I'm the first to admit, first bit of legislation comes out on one is you know, fuming, spitting feathers about it. But when I take time to, to look back and reflect on anything, well, actually... It makes sense. So, so what I see over saying to people is, in a nutshell, you've got people's data, and that data is important. There's data theft, there's bank theft, there's credit card theft. And with data, you can do you can do a lot of nasty things. All they're saying is, make sure you're compliant. Make sure you're not handing over data to people you know, for non non essential reasons. And if you do make sure if you hand data over, make sure they've signed an ICO documentation. They've got process in place. And it's just silly things like leaving mobile numbers on on people's desks. It sounds stupid, but it does happen. But when you think about it, you know it is it is the ultimate commodity these days. You see some of these huge businesses like the Facebooks, the social media giants of the world. But you see it all across the board where startup companies come in and you know they have a product or they have a service offering or whatever. But really, their game is collecting data. Because data is such big business, people will pay for it. And, you know, big data, we've been talking about big data for the last 10 years, really. You know, big companies would like to know, for example, if you walk into the shopping centre, they want the shops in that shopping centre to be vying for your eyeballs to say, oh, I've just popped up with a £5 coupon for Clinton cards or whatever to drive your business over there, you know. So it is one of the most important commodities in the world. And business, like always, Business is in front of the curve, but people will catch up to how important their data is, the value of their data, and all the rest of it. So it is understandable that regulation catches up in the end, isn't it, realistically? So what do you say, Patrick, about people who've got rafts of let onies or sometimes I talk to people who are um, looking at acquiring agencies, because obviously we've done a few acquisitions, um, and they struggle to conceptualise what let let onlys are worth to the business you know how much would you say a let only landlord is worth because obviously some people uh, Sally included says you know actually these days don't bother taking on let only landlords and I know I know you've done the same and it's had a, a dramatic impact um I've got to say I've gone both ways recently on this one so we were all against let onlys then obviously with John Paul's mastermind we're both on there's been a few comments recently about you know, long-term relationships and harvesting that relationship with time with landlords so, I must, um, this is just us having a chat on a podcast, so please don't take his advice. We're quite straight at this. So, if the landlord's a tramp, property's a tramp, it's a no. So, it doesn't matter if it's only fully managed, I don't care less. Um, because you're just, you're just creating more crap for yourself long term. If you've got a let only and they think they know better than you, and they're generally not sarcastic and cocky about it, then you know, do a let only with them. You know, work with them, try and explain to them. Don't scare the hell out of them, but obviously, maybe a little bit of ranting. And then I think it's, with time, they, they could come back to you. It's about sort of nurturing that. But then also, we get a lot of people saying, oh, how about, you know, how about you know, free contracts? How about, no, no. Let onlys. And something we do tell people quite a lot as well, which is working, that we'll do a let only on the condition you accept. A, it's the full month's rent plus VAT now. And B, please don't be um, offended when we concentrate completely 
and utterly on our managed stock. So we're not going to push managed let onlys as much as managed because managed is the almost same sort of fee to let. But then you've got the long term relationship, the long term income. So our priority is letting our managed stock first, and then if, if we've got time, our let onlys will come on board. And ultimately, you know, that's very honest, isn't it? And I think in business, you know, there is a, there is a, a a world in between what JP has advised there that you've spelt out and and what Sally Lawson advises because ultimately you need to look at these things on their merits and decide look are we going after that for a strategic reason you know because we you know you quite often will get a landlord walk through the door who might have 10 20 30 properties been recommended to you what are they realistically going to do they give you the hardest property they've got they want to see what you've got they're going to give you the toughest time if you do well with that one you never know where it could go. So, but equally, don't forget, you know, Google's your best friend, so is Facebook, so is LinkedIn, Company's House. Company's House is like a free data box, free of charge, full of tweets for us to play with. You put people's name in, follow what they own, what limited companies they own. You know, is a bloke in a pair of shorts, a bit chubby with a German Shepherd in a van or a Land Rover, actually got one house or a Joker, or has he got quite a big portfolio? Not speaking about Adam here, he's not wearing shorts. I was going to say quite chubby. I was <laughs> going to dispute that one. I'm definitely a bit chubbier than that. Okay, great stuff. So thanks everyone for listening to the White Brick Podcast. We'll be back next time with more questions, answers and up-to-date information about agency and management. Remember, we grow as you grow. We work to understand your values and morals and how you deal with your clients. And of course, we work on the three most important parts of property management 24-7. Compliance, compliance and compliance. See you next time.